Hello, citizens of planet Earth. You have stumbled across an area of the interwebs known as podcast, and we are one of them, known as the Star Bros Podcast. Aren't you lucky, citizens? <laughs> Just trying to keep it fresh, man. I like it. I you like, like it? it yeah. Okay. Maybe we should try to do something different every episode at the oh, beginning of okay. it. Okay. No challenge pressure. Accepted? Yeah. A challenge accepted. It's on you next time, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can do whatever the heck you want. I don't care. Uh I am excited to welcome you to the Star Bros Podcast and introduce you to my bro host who puts up with a lot of my shenanigans every time we get together, Jan Solo. And I'm excited to introduce you to my bro host, Ben Skywalker. And we are very excited to be with you again today to, again, talk about Star Wars. We are one of those uh, podcasts that like to talk about that subject uh, quite a bit. Uh, in fact, tonight my son asked us before we start recording how many we have done, and I'm like, um, 42. Do you? And then he asked me, um, when are you gonna stop? <laughs> and I just went, never. He sounds like somebody who writes um podcast reviews. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, are you done yet? I mean, not. He's sleeping when we do all of ours, so yeah. it's not like he's, you know, missing time with his dad, right? No, I, I'm, I, I'm no. questioning my parenting methods. No, I think um, like a lot of people who have listened to our podcast, he just wants it to stop. He, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we hope we're kidding. Speaking of people who listen to our podcast. Yes. Heather. Yes. Thank you. I finally got my chocolates. Yes, you did. Jan was hoarding them for such a long time, and he's finally brought them over. Well, that's mostly because of COVID, but <laughs> yep. uh, But thank you, Heather. They're wonderful. Yeah, and, and for anybody who hasn't seen the pictures that we've posted on our social media, um, our friend Heather made us homemade chocolates that are in the shape of different Star Wars things. Um, so I think Star there was, Wars things. <laughs> yes. So to to give an example, I think there was an ATAT in there. Yep. Um, there's a Yoda. Um, there's I I love the Han Solo and Carbonite. That's yep. a really cool one. That was the first thing I had because I just needed a little taste to be like, okay, she made this chocolate. Like, how's it taste? And it tastes delicious. Well, there there there's a little Han Solo and Carbonite, and then yeah. there's a big one yeah. that is a, a hot chocolate bomb that's full of hot chocolate mix and marshmallows. Oh, I just thought that was like a big Hershey's bar. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of which, that was probably one of the most fun I've had on Twitter in ages. Yes. I think ever. So, Justina Ireland puts out this tweet and says, Kevin's, one of my favorite things is to tease Kevin Scott about Hershey's chocolate or something like that. And he just responded, it is not chocolate. And then Christa ba- Kristen Baver jumps in and starts talking about chocolate and, and defending it and, and all this. And there, there uh, was, there was, he cited something that said that there's something in Hershey's chocolate, which I like, by the way, I, I love a classic Hershey's bar, but he said it literally tastes like vomit. And I was like, what? I don't think I've ever gotten that from it. <laughs> I've never gotten that vibe from Hershey's personally. But that, but that's just trying to illustrate for you guys where that conversation oh, yeah. went. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing was when, so Kristen Baver mentioned something or put, tweeted something about like all Pennsylvanians right now, like uh, reacting to this whole conversation, like yes. how we're deeply offended by this. And then I responded and said something about, you know, leave our cheesesteaks and our chocolate alone. And he goes, cheesesteaks. Now there you got my attention. Yes. And then Kristen pointed out the cheese whiz. And it he, was all over after he that. He didn't like that as <laughs> he much. He did not. The best exchange of tweets that I've seen ever on the interwebs yeah so that was a lot of fun that but was anyway. nice it was just it was really playful and silly and yep sometimes twitter can be a little bit scary and that was just fun <laughs> it can be very scary yeah uh and that's most of the time why i stay away from it both of us stay away from it when it gets scary yes we're like okay hey, we'll we'll see you when you drop the crazy pills yep uh 
Star Wars fandom. Yep. Anyway, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about Star Wars. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Like Boba Fett. Yes. Stuff. Some fun stuff going on there. Can, can I show you something really quick? No. Um, I'm going to anyway. I do that to you a lot on this, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> um, my dad went down to Florida. My dad was visiting. He's gone back to Poland at this point, but he yeah. went down to Florida to visit some friends, and he went to Disney World, and he went on the Rise of the Resistance ride. and Waited in line for how long? Um, he waited in line for over two hours. And then when I think he got out, it was like three and a half hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, someday I'll do it. Some, someday I'll wait. Even if it's, you know, Oh, I'll, I'll wait all day, all day if I have to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe not all day. Um, but he got me, he got me this t-shirt. I noticed that. What, what is it? It looks like the Mandalorian. That's what I thought. Okay. Why is it not that? It's a Mandalorian t-shirt. What is he hold? Uh, okay, yeah, and it's Boba Fett on it. It's Cobb Vanth. It's Cobb Vanth. That's the Cobb Vanth Boba Fett version. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I so today's the first day that I wore it, and I didn't realize that I put on my Mandalorian T-shirt thinking it was Boba Fett, and then I realized, oh my gosh, I I now own a Cobb Vanth T-shirt. I mean, he's in the Mandalorian, so that's probably all this is. Is like yeah. here he is, and and if you bought it at Disney World, then this wasn't like a pawn shop. No. Selling off a, you know, a, a knockoff version. Yeah. And I guess they, they probably just have everything. They have, you know, all the, you know, primary, secondary characters. On yeah. T-shirts, mugs, hats, whatever. Can I get a Pelimoto one? Probably. Because that's, after this last episode, like Pelimoto is now officially my favorite oh, yeah. person in Star Wars. Gotta love her. Yeah. Even above Luke. Yeah. Blasphemy. I know. Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I just want to get a rise out of people. I was just going with it. Um, but yeah, somebody <laughs> somebody is getting their pen and their paper out to write you a strongly worded letter. <laughs> I hope it's not Heather. But if it no. is Heather, then I hope it comes with some more chocolates because these are going to be <laughs> gone very quickly. Um, no, but let us talk some Star Wars because we got the last episode, Chapter 7 mm-hmm. of the Book of Boba Fett. And there's a lot to talk about. It was our longest episode at an hour. And, yeah, I, we have to get into it sooner rather than later. But we have another segment to stop about. It What's that first. one called? That one is called News from Across the Galaxy. <laughs> I'm changing up everywhere on you now. <laughs> You're keeping it all the same. Yep. I like it. Yep. Um, no, we have a, a few pieces of news. You, I know, have a lot of news. But let's let's get the big one out in the open. Do you know what the big one is? I mean, I'm looking at my list here. Is it the Kenobi, tr- uh, the, the, the date? Lack, lack of Kenobi trailer? <laughs> I was going to say the lack of Kenobi trailer because people were sort of expecting that on Super Bowl Sunday. And I could see why, but we didn't yeah. get it. Um, is, is that it? The, the, no. No, no the, that was the biggest non-news. I was just going to say the opposite. Is We got a, a release date. That's what I meant. And a poster. Yes. Right? Poster is cool. Poster looks great. Did you see someone animated it? No, I saw somewhere that someone animated it so that it looked like the sands Sand were moving sort of and waving, and swirling. It was Ooh, cool. Wow. Really like that. Uh, would love that to be my background on my phone or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we got a poster with it. Uh, it was funny looking at the poster. Like I had to squint to realize that it was Ewan McGregor. <laughs> He's yeah, very it, small on it. It very small. It's very understated. It yeah. gives your imagination room to sort of think about, like, all right, what's going on here, and where's the story going to go, things like that. It, yeah. It, it's perfect. I loved it. But we got a date. We at least know when we're getting some Obi-Wan. Yep. And that is May 25th. This year. In this century. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I said century. We're talking to the people of planet Earth about this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, remember, it happened a long time ago in Galaxy Far, Far Away. True. It already happened. True, true. Uh, no, yeah. So we, we're going to get that on May 25th. We can finally 
get excited. I think there are some people that were like, guys, May 4th, you missed out. But I still think we're going to get Bad Batch on May 4th is my guess. Yeah, there's going to be something else, I think, um, on that date. And let's be real. It's only like three months away. Right. Ish from from this point. So um, let's let that play out. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what other things do we have in the news besides okay. that? Um, I've got a couple bite-sized pieces of news. Um, so one, it was John Williams's 90th birthday this week and sure was the, the New York times. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Nope. Um, famous for their funny pages and their crosswords. That's what I know them for. Did a terrific, like full, like if you have the paper copy of the New York times, it's like the full two pages, um, a write up on John Williams. That's all I ever get is a paper copy. Yeah. And, um, they did a really sarcastic. nice. I apologize. What's that? I'm being very sarcastic today. That's I apologize. Okay. Um, they did a really nice interview with him, and uh, they talked about what what has he been doing since the pandemic started. And apparently, every day um, he gets up and he writes music every day. And then at lunchtime, he has a turkey sandwich and a Perrier. And then he goes back and he writes more music. And he's basically done that for two years now. Um, they asked him. I thought this was really interesting. They asked him if he was ever going to do another movie. And he said, no. Hmm. So he's done. And his reasoning is, he said, I'm 90 years old. It takes six months or more to do the score for film. And that's a lot of time for me at this point in my life. That's very true. But he said, he's going to keep writing music like crazy, but he's just not going to be writing it for the big screen. I mean, that's, that's sad because I mean, his music is great on the big screen. He's, he's, what hasn't he written for? I mean, I, he's he's done Indiana Jones. He's done Star Wars. He's done Jurassic Park. Jaws. Jaws. He did... Didn't he do Harry Potter? He did Harry Potter and all that music is what amazing. What franchise is left? Yeah. He's done Avengers. He just hasn't done Avengers. Yeah. And, and he and he's even done a bunch that like... Um, it's like if you listen to John Williams on Spotify and just start shuffling it, like he's done all these movies I didn't even realize. Home like, Alone. Home Alone. That's a great one. Yeah. Um. Based on like the adventures of Tintin and <laughs> didn't know that <laughs> a bunch of other random ones and he's six... given the world his all. Yeah, he really has, and yeah. for for decades and decades. And let's so... let's let him enjoy the rest of his days. Yeah, doing what he wants to do, and and quite frankly, it might be really interesting. To hear. I I hope we get to hear this music because it could be really interesting to see what Me he too. puts together when he's not thinking about a movie that that it has to play with or the character that it has to. Yeah, uh, you know invoke feeling for right. things like that uh so i don't know i i'm i'm excited to hear that and that's really cool that he's just stayed dedicated to his craft for this long that he hasn't it hasn't grown tiresome from you know that's that that's a good point too he's been doing this job for a long time and i think he's gotten a lot out of it yeah. he hasn't gotten bored but that's um, cool. so a, a happy belated birthday to john williams hopefully he's around for a while yeah he, he has done a couple shows in the last year where he conducts his own music live i hope that Maybe someday we can get a chance to see that. That would be really cool. That would be so cool. We'll just have to wait for him to be in town, I guess. Yes. Happy birthday, John. What else do you got? Um, this is one that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. So I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of the backstory. Uh, so we follow on Twitter, especially, but on social media in general, um, a lot of people who are kind of makers in the Star Wars universe. And we've been following pretty closely all the people who are writers for the High Republic. And we, on the Baraxium YouTube channel, we cover the new um, High Republic comics when they come out. 
and uh, you and I have gotten into reading the High Republic books, mm-hmm. and it's cool stuff. It's really cool stuff. And there's really like there's like five or six people who are really central to writing these stories. And let me just pause right there and then say like I just finished Fallen Star, and look, you're not going to love Fallen Star unless you've read the other adult novels by uh, Kevin Scott, but before that, which was The Rising Storm, and then Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, even before that, like that. I mean, you you should read all of them, and I'm working my way to getting to all of them. But at least read those three, yeah, to to get the full story. And gosh, Fallen Star is so good, and it 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 wouldn't be as good if it didn't have the setup that was given to all these characters. But oh, you're missing out. Totally got to go and look this up. So um, anyway, there's my plug. Move on. <laughs> it's it, it's good stuff. Um, and we've been following them, and um, I would say it's probably like three or four days ago at this point. Where Kevin Scott posts something, <clears throat> and we're talking about you know his uh, his back and forth about chocolate and uh, <laughs> cheesesteaks and whatever. And he posts something about like you know I'm waiting for my COVID test to come back so I can travel. And it's like okay, that's cool. I wonder where he's going. Um, long story short, all of these different authors are in Disney World together right now. It's a great place to be. Yes, it's a magical world. And they weren't necessarily saying what they were doing. And by the way. Kevin Scott took a picture of a dairy milk candy bar, which is just a really tasty British chocolate. And was this was in the back and forth about Hershey's. Yep. And then I think it was Justina Ireland today tweeted, thank you for the chocolate bar, Kevin. Really? Oh, yes. And holding up that piece of chocolate <laughs> because they're all together. All of these writers flew to Disney World. They're all in a room together. And what they're doing is is it's a writer's summit and they're planning out the next phase of the high Republic. But what I thought was super, super, super cool was, um, Daniel Jose older. So here's, here's the list. I think, um, let me know if I'm missing anybody. Charles soul is there. Kevin Scott is there. Daniel Jose older, mm-hmm. Claudia gray, mm-hmm. Justina Ireland mm-hmm. and Kristen Braver. Is that everybody? Did you, did you say Kevin Scott? I did say Kevin Scott and Charles soul. Dr. Charles got him. I'm hoping you got them all. Yeah. If, if, if you're one of the people who writes for the higher public and we missed you, let us know. Um, Send your email to the Starburst podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Anyway, do not tweet your anger at us. (laughs) Yeah. Don't, (laughs) don't, don't drag us through the mud. Um, But they're all there. And Daniel Jose older, who has been interviewed by your by by you? Yeah, you you've you guys are times practically pals. Um, <laughs> he probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> but he posted a picture of they're in this conference room at a hotel in Disney World. Yeah, and the picture, uh, well, there's a screen outside the conference room that you know you've seen this in hotels. It tells you what's going on inside mm-hmm. that yeah. room. So it'll be like um, one time I was at a hotel. And it was this East Coast, this was not the convention I was attending, but it was the <laughs> East Coast convention of undertakers. Of <laughs> so, uh, the fact you even know about it is, is bringing enough questions to my mind. <laughs> but um, So that was just a coincidence. But uh, outside, of, let me, I wrote it down. The sign outside of the summit where they were writing the next phase of the higher public said, Walt Disney World Relationship Marketing. And it was, it was specifically something that sounded boring to distract people from poking their heads in there. Yeah. And it makes me- sense. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're all in there writing the next phase of the higher public. And what I thought was really cool was, um, again, like if you've ever been to a conference, you, like they, you walk in and they give you, um, 
junk, basically. Yeah. There's magnets and a lanyard and whatever. Sound like you've been to a lot of these before. I've been to a couple. About um, Undertakers? What's that? Undertaking? I, I just walked through that one. <laughs> I was not a guest. I was not a speaker. Um, I was not, <laughs> thankfully, not deceased. <laughs> But um, they all had they all had uh, Lucasfilm, Disney, the High Republic swag. Like they all had notebooks and pens, and it looked like they were being brought refreshments. And it was just like all these like brilliant writers in a room together, snacking, eating chocolates that Kevin bought for them, and trying to figure out how <laughs> oh, to break our only hearts. The ones that Kevin brought for them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could have shown up with some Hershey chocolates. You know, next time that you're getting together for a relationship ma- management or whatever marketing meeting that you're doing, relationship marketing. What does what does that even I mean? No, but let us know. We'll bring you a whole box of Hershey's chocolates the five boxes to go around and, and for the rest of the people in the room just let us know the number we'll get them Twizzlers we'll throw them in there we're right by Hershey and we would love to be a fly on did, the wall did in that you room. see what Kevin said about Twizzlers he actually said he, he's like those are okay he said that they're not <laughs> pretending to be anything that they're not yes that's what he said which I laughed at him I was like my wife thinks that some of the ones that I like and get are, are smell like play-doh <laughs> well apparently he thinks and she's not wrong actually Hershey's is vomit here. so um, oh wow, that's cool, and I'm glad to hear that they're gonna that they're working on the next phase because I'm sitting here after that last book going, I need to know what's next. Yeah, so that is really cool. Yeah, good job, paparazzi. Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna call you Papa Paparazzi now. Um, one other, a couple other pieces of news. These ones are quick. Bites. I think the singular is paparazzo. Onto the news. <laughs> really? Is that true? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Heather's Italian. We can ask Heather. She speaks Italian. Does she? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's do that. I'm gonna ask her. Okay. Well, we'll we'll circle back around after we ask Heather. She told me by the Alexa way. Or Google. She told me by the way. She listens with her son. Yeah. And her son is really little. And so because kids have this experience at a certain point where they're like, "Oh, your your name isn't mom," like you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so she was telling me that. Um, Petey, her son. Hi, Petey. Hi, Petey. Thought that Heather was Italian for mom. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe we should make it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll call up. Anyway, Don't I don't know where to go with that. Anyway, um, the news. No, other small pieces of news. Hey, we talked a little bit about Obi-Wan. Um, Marvel is going to be doing an Obi-Wan comic, and the art will be done by Ario. Um, do I say his name right? Uh, Anandito? I think that's right. Okay. He's so talented. He's so talented. So I was very excited to hear that he's doing that. He's been doing the High Republic, uh, Marvel High Republic series. So just getting more of that are all, will be fantastic. Um, and and it will be very... written by Christopher Cantwell, which I don't know I what don't think... he's done before. I think he he done some other stuff within Marvel. Mm. Um, but nothing that I saw for Star Wars. But I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, but the, the interesting little tidbit that they gave uh, as to like the first uh oh gosh well the first issue mm-hmm. was something to do with his journal that he wrote and, and it's a journal that we see in the comics already like the the oh. one that he kept while he was on, on tatooine um and he kind of re- recounts a story that he is is writing in this journal so it should hmm. be really interesting to see what this shaped up to be um and the timing of it's really interesting as they're diving into the obi-wan character and a few different formats, it looks like. Now, comic and live action at the same time. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add on that one? I'll, I'll just say um, Ario is very active on Twitter. And he seems like a super gracious dude. Like, I, I've 
we have retweeted a bunch of his stuff before yeah. and just given him a shout out just ario appreciation posts and stuff like that and he's so gracious and he's always he yeah. always almost always says the same thing which is i'm just a really huge star wars fan like i'm just a fan who gets to work on this stuff yeah. and that that's a cool perspective it is it's it's got to be cool to reach that point in your life where you're like i'm a fan of this stuff and i get to contribute to it now yeah which is really neat um other piece of news, uh, we're, we're getting some Black Series action figures, and this one made news for a few different reasons, but there's a lot of them coming out, some of them inspired by uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we have Cad Bane, but then there's also Cosca Reeves, Axe Wolves, Mayfeld, and then the one that everyone's Mayfeld? been talking about. Yeah, Mix Mayfeld. I didn't see that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that everybody's been talking about is Black Chrysanthemum. Mm-hmm. which, hey, really cool that we were getting one. Yeah. Uh, our bro host, Chris Ryan, said that he's uh, going to get three. <laughs> but the negative reaction to it was pretty strong. Very strong. <laughs> uh, um, I think Chris is the one who said it best. Is like It just looks like they dipped Chewbacca in black ink. Yeah, it, it does. And I was trying to think, like, so it definitely doesn't look like the on-screen one that we see in the Book of Boba Fett. And I was trying to think, like... Um, because I, I, we, we've read a bunch of Dr. Afra, and I think that's where I first saw uh, Black Crescent. And I was trying to think, is that what he looks like in the comic? I don't think so. People are just, people are not shy about saying they feel like this missed the mark. They're not shy when they think anything's missed the mark. True. But uh, yes, in this one in particular, uh, they do not pull their punches. No. And, and to be honest, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that looks interesting okay whatever and just moved on but no there were some strong feelings about yeah. that one <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I but but i could see that being like in a few years like 40 years from now people like do you own that really bad black chrysanthemum <laughs> totally totally <laughs> and if you do it's going to be worth like fifty thousand dollars yeah yep the simpsons comic book guy is going to have one in like a <laughs> plexiglass case or something totally. exactly um Okay, we've been on the news for a while. Is there anything else that you got? I think you had one more thing. Um, do I? Maybe not. Nope. I'm good. good. That was a lot of news for one week. Yeah. Two weeks. Two weeks worth of news. Some of it we were that. really just kind of pulling out of a hat. <laughs> I don't know. All that was pretty newsworthy. Um except for maybe your paparazzi stuff. You you were trying to you're trying to create a story out of nothing, maybe, is what I'm guessing. Uh guilty. Guilty. <laughs> Well, hey, how about we get on to the second segment? Because sure. we got a lot to talk about. That. What, what was that one called? That one's called uh, <clears throat> More to the Story. Dun, 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 dun. My sound effects suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. Um, yeah, can, can, I, can I start this one with a statistic for you? No. Okay. That <laughs> I need to stop doing that to you. Go ahead. Um, I, I saw this today. My mind was blown. The viewership and... one? What's that? The viewership? Yes. Yeah. I knew you, you saw were going to go there. Yeah. 36% more people watch the finale of the Book of Boba Fett than the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2. How? That's a lot more. That's a lot. A lot. Is that just because Disney Plus continues to grow? I think, I think Disney Plus is growing exponentially faster than anybody would have expected, including oh, yeah. Disney. Uh, oh yeah they had not forecasted growth this high but this just shows how popular the franchises are star wars being one of them so i I guess i'm not too surprised if they're just basing it off of like absolute viewership increasing because yeah there's more people subscribe to it and it's one of the only shows on right now there's no marvel show running at the time like congruently that's true it's Um, the middle of the dead of winter 
it's the dead of winter and it it's sucked a lot of people in and then a lot of people um whose interest was piqued by the mandalorian decided yeah. to kind of stick with it and so oh, and and not to mention like when news started leaking probably that the mandalorian was in it and grogu was in it like oh it probably gosh, boosted yeah. its viewership a lot yeah that's my guess but it was well deserved because uh i'm curious if you were to uh give this one a a, a rating or so where would you what would you give it out of five stars the whole series uh no this this episode oh um i mean we've had some fantastic episodes this this season uh everyone w- would look to like chapters five and six the last two before this one with where mando comes back and where grogu's in and all that as some of the best ones but dude i gotta say this one was top top notch for me it was and very satisfying it really wrapped the series up well yeah in my opinion uh like I just I think it there were a lot of stories happening all all at once. You had the 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 past with the Tuscan Raiders. You had the current with uh, you know Boba Fett trying to establish himself as a Zymio, and then you did this offshoot story of Mandalorian. You had a lot of pieces to tie together, and you tied all three of them, and then as we'll talk about a little bit later, a few other areas of Star Wars into this more specifically, like Clone Wars. Yeah. Or even nods to like other eras. Yeah. The fact that they're able to all bring all of those pieces together and make them fit was a, a very tall task. And I think they did it really well. I, I think they did it really well. And I think they did a, a super, super nice job of wrapping up the season in a way where there is, there aren't any unsatisfying cliffhangers. Yeah, like so, sometimes TV shows do this thing where um, they expect you to come back because they sort of like kicked you in the shins by not giving you enough answers at the end of the season. Yeah, they didn't do that at all here, like, which spe- leads to some speculation that maybe this was just a special. That's what I'm thinking. I, well, I, here's here's what I'm thinking more specifically. I think the Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and Mando are basically like one tapestry kind of together. Mm -hmm. I I think that they can kind of all serve the same story, but not have the same amount of episodes or airtime. Yeah. I think that this was it for the book of Boba Fett, but it contributes to Mando's story in a big way. We get more of Ahsoka this season. And so that tapestry is still kind of like weaving together. But I think this is it for for the show. I, I think it might be. I won't say it's it definitively, I mean, I don't make that call, so I can't. I will. <laughs> you will? Sue me. <laughs> okay. Don't sue me. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> but sue I, Ben. <laughs> now we've gone a little too far. <laughs> um, but I, I I, see room for them to vis- revisit this if they want to. If they want to, yeah. Like, and, more, and more specifically, like revisit the story of Boba Fett and what he's doing and come up with some new crisis that he could be uh, involved in. So... What that is, how that looks like, I don't know. I don't think Boba Fett's story is done. The question is, is it enough for another series? But we're kind of yeah. getting ahead to uh, a little bit to the like end. Yeah, like, I, without I don't talking about the episode. But I don't, I don't think it's done either. Um, I and 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 by the way, anything that has a like a cut scene in the in the credits mm-hmm. is probably not done. Done. Yeah, you know. But we'll, we'll come back to that. Well, let's talk about the episode. So we're we're we were gifted with the longest episode of Mm -hmm. this season uh we were gifted with like i said a lot of different storylines coming together and all the characters that have that basically were in the show minus ahsoka and luke like getting 
adequate screen time and, and, and time to kind of have their story come to an end, uh, with maybe one exception. But, um, yeah, let's, let's start out with where this whole episode starts out. I call it kind of the setting the chessboard up scenes. So you start with, uh, uh, you start with the ruins, the bombing that happened at the end of, uh, uh, the last episode, they're surveying the scene. They see what's done. They know that the war is officially begun. The threat has been made and they're, it's their move now. It's their play. Uh, and something really interesting happens that I want, wanted to ask you a question, uh, a question about they're, they're talking about like, where should they go? And they, they're thinking about going back to the palace because it's fortified, like they're safer there. Uh, but then the mods speak up and they say, no, we should stay here in Mosespa. And, and Boba Fett eventually shakes his head and said, yeah, okay, we can do that. Um, which I think is a, a, his whole, like trying to rule versus suspect thing. Like if he, he wants to hear out what people around him say, like he's going to listen to him. He's going to give him their, their time, not just be a jerk and say, no, whatever I say goes. So I think there's a bit of that, but why stay? What, what's the strategy in staying other than just, this is our home. We need to defend it. Or is that it? Like, do you, do you have an answer to that? I have a thought, but I want to know what you think. I, I think that that's a big part of it. I think it's like the psychological message that you send by not retreating. I think it's kind of a leadership thing too, of like, this is where my people live. And so I'm not going to retreat from it and I'm going to stay here with them where they live. Sorry about that. That was my phone dropping. Um, I, that's kind of the thought I had, which was if I want to lead this people, I need to show them I'm here to defend them. Yeah. And I'm not just going to go back to my palace and defend myself there. And uh, who cares what happens to the city? If they fight them, then whatever. Like this was an attack on the city and he is going to be there to defend the city. It, it might mean that they're fighting in the city and that puts them in harm's way. I mean, he lets a freaking rancor loose on them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but at the same time, he's he wants them to see what he's capable of and what he's willing to do for them yeah. and earn their respect. So that was my thought of why they made that choice. And, and, and you know what else? So going back to the, the title of this episode is In the Name of Honor. Yeah. And... It follows a dishonorable act by all the different gangs in the city who turned their backs on him and double crossed him. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's also offering a a real contrast to like the mods and and saying, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm I'm not even going to run and prioritize my own safety. I'm just, I'm going to help you stand your ground. And that's an honorable thing to do to people who you say that you serve. Yeah. So just a, a very di- a very different than, thing than the Trandoshans did and so on. Yeah, and, and we get a big reveal in that scene, too, that you're talking about from the Pike leader, uh, that it was the Pikes that were behind the the massacre of the Tuscans and the Tuscan family that uh, adopted Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had suspected that, personally. Like, I, I always felt like that was a bit of a, a, a misdirect to yeah. put the Nico um, speed bikers there yeah. as a threat and then to ease just like that quickly remove them. Like there was more to that. And I knew that wasn't the end of it. So to hear that revelation wasn't shocking to me, but was it shocking to you or did you see that coming too? Uh, I, I didn't see it coming, uh, I guess as much as you did. It made sense immediately, mm-hmm. but um, I just thought it was some good extra kind of sting to add yeah. to, to the wound, knowing that, um, so now, now Boba Fett knows that the people who are ultimately responsible for killing his adopted family are still out there right? or, or in here in the city. Yeah. Um, 
So it was just a little bit of salt on the wound, but um, yeah, but wasn't completely caught off guard by that. Yeah, and I I, th- I think it was interesting that they framed it as pragmatic. It was just a way to continue doing business and to protect their business, and and Cad Bane even was surprised by it, like, oh, I didn't realize you were so ruthless, you know. So, uh, and then he, he starts formulating a way to use that to his advantage, and mm-hmm. it comes up a few times later on. So. Um, I, I wondered about the pragmatism a few times, especially when I was rewatching the episode and trying to kind of see different angles and stuff. I was wondering, like, like this this seems like it's a really expensive conflict for the Pikes. Mm. And I was wondering if the leader at a certain point would go, look, the math doesn't add up. We, we've lost, what is it, two, what are they called? We've lost two Scorpinex or whatever. Scorpinex, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those probably aren't cheap. And our people were eaten by a Rancor people eaten by a rancor you've already lost that one train you're one train down yep. two scorpion a uh, bunch of people like at a certain point it's like yeah we're making a lot of money moving spice but um we're kind maybe of we losing a lot here too you know yeah <laughs> yeah that's not very pragmatic in my book but, but by the way <laughs> the scorpion that you see on the screen were concept art that was designed for yeah i read that attack of the clones uh-huh. that didn't make it on screen in attack of the clones but just Another good example of Filoni and Favreau kind of mining the archives for cool stuff. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit here, but I, I, as soon as I saw those, my my mind went to the Droidekas. Yeah, uh, Droidekas, however you decide to pronounce that. Uh, like that was the, uh, the the energy shield and everything, the way that they were designed with the two arms and yep. everything, and the legs that they were supporting. Like it just looked like it, so you you knew it was inspired by that art. Makes you think that maybe what they are are um, Clone War era um, arsenal that the Pike somehow kept and were able to, you know, just take and, and use 20 years later, 25 years later, uh, when they needed him again. So that was really interesting. I, but I like that it was the concept art that where that came from. Yeah. They, um, they probably had like an arms dealer on Canto bite that they worked with probably who was able to get them some illicit Scorpinex. Yeah. I mean, if <clears throat> Mandalorian can get his hands on a, a, a Naboo starfighter, why can't they get their hands on one of those <laughs> dude sometimes i listen to myself talking about star wars and i'm just like how 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 am i married <laughs> what other knowledge is out there because there seems to be a lot of star wars knowledge it's a lot of star wars and it's <laughs> surprising that somebody married me uh, well i mean that's surprising still for me and that's not just because of star wars but anyway you ever, you ever see that meme where it's like the girls looking at the guy they're yeah, like yeah and, the girl's looking at the guy all nervous and the guy's facing away from, yeah. from the girl. And she's like, he's probably thinking about other girls. Yeah. And then like my thought bubble is, I wonder if the Pikes went to Canto Bite to buy <laughs> black market Scorpinex. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Like what they're really thinking. If you knew, oh, man. you would not be this worried. Oh gosh. Um, all right, so after that scene, we get the X-Wing flying through. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't know where your mind went. My The first thing went was, well, it looks like Grogu made his choice. I wasn't sure, though, if Luke would be in there. I was surprised that Luke wasn't. And you made a funny joke of, like, when Luke found out that Mando was on Tatooine, he was like, nope, I'm not going. R2, yeah. you take him. Well, <laughs> Just I, bring I've been the there, X-Wing back, could you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what did you think of his choice? Did you expect that? Do you... Do you think this is it? His choice is done. It's made. It's it's over. No. Book closed. No. Okay. Here's what I think. I think that Luke very um, specifically pointed out to Grogu that his lifespan is different than a lot of other beings who he's already come in contact with. 
Mm. And I, I sometimes wonder about Grogu's cognitive ability and how much he's really thinking and things like that. Cause he's, he seems like he's so babyish sometimes, but then other times like he's really with it. I don't think he's really that babyish. He just doesn't speak yet. Yeah. I, I, so that's what I'm starting to get wise he to. He has but the speech delays. That's all. Yeah. So what I, what I think it, what I think happened here is in his, in his mind, he thought to himself that Mando is not going to be around forever. And in fact, um, it's kind of like when you have a pet and people say that, uh, you know, you have you have a pet for part of your life, but that pet has you for their whole life. And th- this is kind of the relationship, I think, between Grogu and Mando where he realizes, OK, I can I can probably be with this guy for the duration of his life and live as a Mandalorian and still have another 700 years where I could potentially be a Jedi if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think he he's going to be a Mandalorian Jedi at some point. That's my hope. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, we saw a lot of instances of using the Force in this episode, and so yeah. he's not going to let that go that easily. No. And, and and even then, after all the years that he had been out of the Jedi Order, like it stayed it stayed alive in him. Like he he maintained his connection to the Force. He was still able to use it. He got exhausted every time he did. Yeah. He'll learn that. But but yeah, I'm really hopeful that he becomes. Tarvisla, you yeah. know, uh, the, the one who can kind of combine the two. Well, you, you know what? Um, I, I feel like this didn't come up at all this season, but in the second season of Mando, a lot of people are speculating that somehow Grogu was going to turn to the dark side. Yeah. Remember there was that? a lot of speculation. A lot yeah. of that. I didn't hear any of that this time. Did you? Uh, no, I think they were just happy to have him back. I don't know. No, yeah. there wasn't as much. Um, but they also saw him getting trained by Luke and maybe that, did something to you know wake him up a bit yeah so so you're not worried about that no not yet i don't know if we should be but we didn't talk about this in the news but there's been some partly because it's not news but there's been rumors that daisy ridley could be coming back at some point as ray and is that a way that they can get you know grogu into that that time period so i don't know Hmm. lots of speculation there i'm not even gonna go there I don't well, know what accent is that. I don't know. I'm just pulling it out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, it's it's the maybe it's what I the the accent I pull out when I'm like, okay, we we got to move on to this next piece. Okay, that's what I'll say because the next piece is really big. It's really important. So, um, Cad Bane sneaks up on Boba Fett, mm-hmm. right? And when he was introduced at the end of the last episode, like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Cad Bane is back, but. This is where I feel like his purpose in the series is established um, in this conversation with Boba Fett. It's not just to bring Cad Bane in. It is Cad Bane is to be there to serve as a reminder of his past, mm. his time as a bounty hunter. And it's almost a temptation, I think, to Boba Fett or just a look how far you've come kind of thing. I mean, you get him calling him soft again, uh, which is not, the, it's not the first time in this series that we've heard that. And again, I, I'd love that. I feel like the writers going, you know what? I know we're going to get a lot of this, this criticism. So let's just address it right up front. And that's kind of the purpose that Cad Bane serves is to, to, uh, to almost be that mirror held up to Boba Fett. Mm. So he, he could say like, do you see the life you've left behind? And 
Also, do you see how hard it is going to be to leave it behind? Like Cad Bane's going to tempt you, remind you a little bit of that. Um, he, I mean, he, he kind of reminds him that he's a murderer and, and uh, tries to get him angry with the truth about the Tuscans. Right. And just, just pokes and prods at him to just yeah. get him to egg him on, to try to get him off his game and to get him to make the first move. Cause if he makes, if Boba Fett makes the first move, that's a mistake. And he's, and he's lost. So, I don't know. I think it's really interesting, this whole dialogue and, and the way that he's goading him a little bit. But any takeaways, any thoughts on that? Yeah. That, so when I rewatched that part of the last episode, something really stood out to me. Um, and that was the way that Boba Fett dispatches with Cad Bane. The way that he kills him is not with a blaster. It's not with his rocket launcher. It's he uses the gaffy stick. Yeah. And it hit me that there are a whole bunch of examples in this series and in the Mandalorian about somebody using a weapon from somewhere else or for somebody else. Yeah. Mando's running around with the dark saber that even goes back to like Cobb Vanth wearing Boba Fett's armor. Um, there's a, a pivotal scene in here where one of the mods um, takes a rifle from one of the guys from freedom town. And there's mm-hmm. just all these different weapon exchanges. Um, and it's almost like, um, when you have certain tools, like it becomes part of your identity yeah. and for Boba Fett being goaded and reminded of his past and things like that, it, I thought it was like poetic that he uses the gaffy stick, which is uh, now a part of his past that he identifies with in a way that feels like really familial and deep and personal and sort of says like, yes, but this is who I am now. And this is what I carry with me. Yeah. And, I thought it was also kind of cool that Cad Bane, um, like maybe didn't recognize the threat of the gaffy stick because I don't know if Cad Bane's really done hand to hand combat with, uh, Tuscan Raiders. Um, maybe, maybe was doing a little bit too much gloating. Maybe it was too comfortable that he kind of had his moment that didn't, he didn't see the threat in that and didn't see that coming. So I thought there was like a lot of poetic stuff in that exchange and especially the way that Boba Fett used that weapon. I picked up on the gaffy stick too and thought, mm, there's the tribe. You yeah. can't get anywhere without a tribe. He says that. And if it weren't for him learning that lesson and getting that tribe and continuing to carry around the gaffy stick as a reminder of that tribe, he would have been dead. Yeah. That, like no, That's true. no way to, to dice that one up any differently. They he saved him right again. There. Exactly. And they're continuing to save him. And, and so, it, you know, he's established his modern day tribe that, that's helped him and all that. But his first tribe saves him one last time. I love so that. So I, I picked up on that too and thought it yeah. was just as poetic and I loved it. Um, Star Bros going deep. Yeah. But I also loved in that, in that dialogue jumping back and we're all over the place with this one, but, um, but like, I, I like that he talks about, you know, how we all go soft in our old age. Um, and it was just an interesting reminder. And I, I think there's some truth to that. That's it's reminding you like, this isn't the Boba Fett that you know from the comics or that, you know, from the, uh, the series. That, the, that, that's a great point. Why yeah. does he have to be the same? No, no one is. And if they are, that's a problem. That's not how characters are developed. That's not how people develop. They did a study, a really, really long study where they gave, um, I'm going to get de- details wrong and facts wrong, but it was just the make longest study ever. Was that? Just make them up. That's what okay, people sure. do when they quote studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'll do. I'll make this up. But they, <laughs> where they gave uh, a bunch of people, subjects, uh, a quiz a personality quiz when they were like teenagers 
And then they gave them that same quiz when they were in like their 70s. Oh, okay. And what they found was that their personalities had changed. No, duh, you experience life. Yeah. You evolve. And I think that's part of the point of this is Boba Fett has evolved in some great ways. As we learn, he's still kind of ferocious and and strong and will, you know, can pull up, you know, pull, or uh, he's really good at fighting still. <laughs> um, I don't know how to say that any more eloquently. Yeah. <laughs> he's still a great fighter, but he's changed and involved as a character. And why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Decades. Near-death experiences. If you want the stories that I think some people were hoping they would get out of this, go read the comics. Yeah. That's the best way you can get those stories. He is exactly what you were hoping to see in this in the comics. Yeah. Um, that's a very, I should say, that's a small group, I think, or at least the group that we may not be talking to or listening to us as much. <laughs> what? The, the people who... Who wanted a Boba Fett that was just going to be pew-pew, kill-kill. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I like... That was a version of him, and we got that. Yeah, this is an evolved version. This this is years later, many experiences later. Um, do you and, want and, Do you want to stand on the soapbox? No, no. Okay, because I'm going to get off. It seems like there's room for one at a time. I think. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. I have to try to be funny. No, no, no. I, I I think that's a good point because I actually had somebody telling me today, a friend of mine, um, that he felt like. Uh, John Favreau and team sort of emasculated Boba Fett. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. And you know, I didn't get I didn't get into it with him, but um, I think you articulated it really nicely. That like just life, wisdom, experiences, many many years are gonna change you. We all go soft in our old age. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, and get very grumpy. I'll grumpy. be a very grumpy old man. I can extremely tell you that. grumpy. <laughs> I'll be very grumpy. Um, all right. Moving on from that. Uh, so Cad Bane walks away. The attack begins. It begins on the terms of, the, you know, it's it's a ambush is what it is. It was really sad to see the, the Gamorrean fighters fall off the cliff. I was yeah. like, dang it. Yeah. Of course. Like, you had to sacrifice someone to make it feel real, and it had to be them. I get it, but ouch. Yeah. And and the they had proven their loyalty and so we now had a soft spot for them. Yes. Um but proved it all the way up to the end. So the the counterattack happens. It's not going very well. Fennec has a great moment. Uh but then I want to get to the part in the uh in the ruins when they're trying to figure out what do they do from here? Do they strike back? What do they, what what happens? Uh they decide uh or, or no. Um Boba Fett gives Mandalorian the option to leave. He said, you can go. And he says, it's against the greed. I'm not doing that. Another another honorable moment. Another honorable, lots of honor, right? That's the theme of this episode, in the name of honor. Um, very honorable. And, and and Boba Fett is funny. He goes, you really believe in that banther Prudu? Like, you, you believe in this? Come on. Like, after everything is put, like, they rejected you, they threw you, you still believe in this? And, and I, thought I, thought about that. I thought about that, too. I thought about the fact that um, for the first time, I thought, well, maybe the the Mandalorians who Mando is rolling with, maybe they are zealots if they're down to three and they kick him out for taking his helmet off. Yeah. But he still acts in a way where he wants to uphold his creed. Yeah. And and what what better way? Like some stuff feels like it's kind of superficial. Like uh, you, you, 
took your you took your helmet off. Okay. But you kept your word because of who you are and the creed you hold yourself up that that you um aspire to hold up. Yeah. That's honorable. That's truly honorable. I I mean it is and the fact that Boba Fett's response to it was good. Like he just insulted it. <laughs> and then his response after was Good. I think that was like just like a little bit of relief of like you're not leaving me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we could really use you. So whatever your reason is is good enough for me. But I also think that that's a a difference in how they like. I think Mandalorian's grown up a little bit differently and views the Mandalorian, uh, you know, tribes and and uh, uh, creeds and all that a bit a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, this is a man who has gone his whole life without a tribe. He could have had one through the Mandalorians, but I think he feels a bit rejected by them. And maybe that's partly because his father was rejected or something like there's there's some some history there. Uh, the other way is just not resonating with him. Right. Even though it's part of who he is, he wears the armor and everything. It, it just doesn't resonate. I mean, there's people who come from religions where that's the case. Like they identify with the religion, but they don't go because they've had some issues or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the Mandalorian is going through a very similar thing right now, and he has a very different reaction to it. So I, I think deep down, uh, Boba Fett, he, he want he would want to believe in it, and he's there's parts of him that are like, this is good stuff, but I just I can't. It just doesn't fit with me. It doesn't work for me. And he's glad that somebody can can aspire to that creed, yeah. can uphold that standard. And that, that person in that moment is right by his side. <laughs> and, and plus, I think when you're in a pinch, um, you might have seen this video that's been going around, the um, Simon Sinek video where he's talking about Navy SEALs. Have you seen this? A uh, long time ago. Isn't that an older one? It might be an older one, but ba- he like he basically draws this graph. And I, I think this is this is relevant because I think this is kind of going through um, Boba Fett's head at this point where the the one the one line going up the graph i think is like competency like how good are, are you at what you're doing mm-hmm. and then the other line is going across is trust and basically saying like in the bottom like nobody wants somebody who's incompetent who you can't trust right but he said what the navy seals do is they they look for somebody who is way over on the trust side and they're willing to have somebody who's a little bit less competent if there's somebody who they can trust their life with. Yeah. And I think what Boba Fett is, is kind of calculating in his head at that moment is, all right, this is a reliable guy. Yeah. And we are, our backs are up against the wall and we're in a really bad situation. And this is somebody who I can trust with my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably a huge relief to know. He's got somebody who's, who in his case is probably very competent and trustworthy, like the best possible combination you could have in, in a bad situation. Yeah. That's a very good point. Uh, I need to go see that clip. That was a good one. Now that you say that, it's I'm, I always like Simon Sinek. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that uh, that's a good point. Um, and so right after that, we get the major domo, who stands up and says, "I got I got a different idea." Yeah, uh, can we try the negotiations? He says the thing about Coruscant, which was funny, and being trained there, and like His not accent. that makes me better or anything. Yeah. yeah, the accent, the vestiges or whatever. Yeah, um, and and then he he goes out there. And we find out it was all a ruse that Boba Fett's got a different plan he's concocting and whatever he wrote on the tablet, I can't even, I, I want us to be able to say it verbatim because yeah. it was so good about how Tatooine will flourish with the, uh, being fertilized by your corpses. Or he should have, he should have read that before he walked out there. <laughs> it, yeah, he should have. Um, 
It was one of the funniest lines in a very stressful moment where they've been attacked and and then the um the emergence of the two Mandalorians, the payoff of that. That was my favorite scene of this episode and maybe even this series. Just when the Mandalorian was announced years ago and we heard this was coming and we saw the armor, we're like, hey, that looks like Boba Fett. But it's not, we know. How cool would that be if the two of them got together? Well, we finally got that moment. There it was, yeah. Like, I, I remember thinking that. Like, the moment when they were all together. And we kind of got that with, you know, um, the 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 Sin episode, chapter yes. three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of season one. You get all the Mandalorians coming together, and it's really cool. But it's it was nothing with the character that they've established in Din Djarin alongside the character they've established in Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Coming out, guns firing from two ends of this building. The choreography was great. Ro- like Rodriguez is just pulling that off. Was uh, I just have to tip my hat? Yeah, because there were some great shots, great action here. Like you just nonstop firing and uh, you know the, the knee rockets and everything. It was just perfect. Yeah, I just loved it. That yeah. so that was probably my favorite scene in the whole series. Really awesome. Had to have been very yeah. cool. There was another one that's right behind it, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. But what do you think of that? Agreed? Same reaction? Or yeah, like, I, I, I thought, you know, this was, um, I thought Robert Rodriguez is uh, the right guy to direct the most action-packed episode of this whole series. Well, remember the first episode, people were complaining about the, the choreography of the fight scenes. Yeah. And the, the chase scenes. The and chase all that was, was Robert like, Rodriguez. Yeah, the chase was like a little bit like, well, the pace seemed a little bit off or whatever. Yeah. But Redemption in this. Like, totally. That was fantastic. Totally, totally. Building up to that. Any other reactions to that? No, sir. Okay, moving on. Um, all right, so yeah, it, the fight's going crazy. The the, the droids show up. The, the people of Freetown show up. There's a lot, lot of stuff that happens. Um, and then the people of Freetown show up in an honorable way. Yeah, they could have run for it. Yeah, and that, that so that that's sort of like a binding thing for this side of the the conflict. Everybody is acting with honor. Yeah, which is a cool thing to see. But go on. But then we get at some point a little bit later on. The, reuni- the reunited and it feels so good. Grogu is back with Mando. Did you shed a tear? Did you choke up a little bit to see uh, little Grogu jump up into Mando's arms? I'm, I'm tapping my chest. I felt it in here. <laughs> um, and this one, like a lot of them, I watch at like five o'clock in the morning and I'm kind of like squealing to myself before work watching it. <laughs> and that, that was just a very sweet moment. It was but so tender. It was also really, it was really intense and scary because the Scorponek was chasing them yeah. and Mando didn't expect him to be there and um, didn't expect, Mando's trying to keep himself alive. And all of a sudden now he's got to keep, you know, little Grogu alive. Little Grogu and so, alive too. Yeah. Very, very, very tense moment. A really good tense introduction, uh, a really good uh, tense reunion, I should say. I, but I wouldn't have had it any other way with those two. Yeah. Like they've always been intense moments. That's what they do. They got introduced intense moments. It's just like all they know. They, they live in the action. Yeah. So, uh, but it was, it was great. It was great to see like the payoff, like he's wearing the, the shirt as he calls it. Um, it, you know, it, it was a great scene. That was my second favorite scene. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that I was mentioning. Um, but then we get an. I mean, this is probably going to be the third favorite. I don't know. These they just keep progressing, getting better and better and better. Then you get the payoff of the Rancor. Yes. <laughs> Walk us through that one. Well, there you know there was a few things where I thought um, going into this episode, like they have to pay off in some way um, because they were introduced and set up 
And this mm-hmm. was one of them. And the other one that came to mind did not pay off. And that oh. was, w- where are the huts going to come back into the story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought of that. <laughs> um, and and but maybe the they were, I don't think they needed to pay that one off. I didn't, I didn't think so. But I, I thought I was kind of expecting that they would pop up again in some way. See, that's where I think a season two could be. Uh-huh. Yep. That could be like, okay, Pike's left. Well, there's no more threat. Let's go reclaim Tatooine. And yeah. now it's instead of the Pikes, it's the Huts. Yeah. Or something like that. And I yeah, I could totally see that. But the the I think the clever thing that they did with the introduction of the Rancor was, you know, Boba Fett runs off and he I've got an idea. Um but the action is so intense and you're so sucked into that that my mind was not going other places thinking like all right, what what potentially could they pull out of what what else do they have up their sleeve? What could they yeah. do next? Yeah. Um. And so when the Rancor's hand sort of comes over the wall, and pulls himself up, and you realize, oh my gosh, he did it. <laughs> I guess between the last couple episodes, Boba's been taking Rancor riding lessons, and while we've been all watching what's happened with the Mandalorian and Grogu and Luke and all that, like, yes, he's been getting some lessons. <laughs> He's been getting lessons from Danny Trejo. Yep. <laughs> um, and then and then here he is riding very competently yep. and um and basically raining unholy terror down on his enemies. And and it's a really satisfying thing to see. And I I, I was a little bit nervous for the Rancor at a couple of different points, but Oh yeah. Um, they, which was good. They showed that he wasn't invincible. He's not invincible. Like he's not the Terminator and and um he's not some uh he wasn't some super weapon that was just going to wrap everything up. Yeah. Um, and, and they showed that, you know, he, he has, uh, I think they mentioned in uh, the episode where Danny Trejo drops him off that they're really emotionally complex. Mm-hmm. And we see him scared and running away at one mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And we have that King Kong moment where yep. he, he climbs up, um, I guess. The bell tower, we'll call it. M- Moss Empire State Building. <laughs> And Moss Empire, <laughs> and it's just like freaking that. out, and um, and I, like I, I loved certain things about that. I loved Mando basically saying, um, you know, you're making it worse. Stop <laughs> shooting at him. If you stop shooting, he's probably going to calm down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then that was a, yet another moment where Grogu could step in and kind of save the day. Yeah. And the image of um, I, I want this, I want this framed up on my bedroom wall. <laughs> Grogu and the Rancor. In like a deep, satisfied yes. sleep after after winning the Taking battle. Taking a little nap. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was such a great moment. I, I mean, the first one was like, he just confidently puts him to sleep and then he just goes up to him, gives him a little touch. Yeah. Like, here you go. And and it's funny because it wasn't like the, the times where he fell asleep before out of pure exhaustion. It was more of a, and maybe this shows that he's uh, kind of growing into his, his power with the force again, um, that he's he's not just like collapsing. He walked over to him and lays down next to him and then kind of shimmies a little bit. Like he's just yeah, like, he was get, tucking oh, himself get in, in. Here, get comfortable, like tuck in. Right. Yeah. Like he's, I don't know. It, it, it showed a little bit of progression on top of acuteness factor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah, you, you, you recap that really well. Um, but you also, also, uh, yeah, he kind of worked a way around the, um, you know, Cad Bane returning piece. And we already talked about that a little bit. Um, but I do want to go back to it again real quick because I think it's, again, it was well done in the way that they progressed this story um, and, and making sure that this was the final moment that 
Boba Fett and Cad Bane had to face off so he could look in the mirror one last time and vanquish himself, conquer the enemy within almost, and decide, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to do away with that lifestyle, basically. Um, and, it, and the other thing you learn is that Cad Bane, they both may both be old. Cad Bane is older than him, by the way, and he can still beat him mm-hmm. in, a, in a shootout. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't stand a chance. Boba Fett does doesn't stand a chance. Cad Bane will will take him out with the blaster any day, and that's where you mentioned like the gaffy stick being really important. But I I also thought it was interesting that Cad Bane's final lesson was look out for yourself, mm-hmm. and I think that was the the maybe that was what what teed it off for Boba Fett to be like, no, I know the exact opposite is true. Don't look out for yourself. Find a tribe. I learned that the hard way because I tried to live on my own yep. and it wasn't working for me in the end. It almost got me killed so many times. Um, so that almost was like that trigger to remind him the gaffy stick tribe, yeah. you know? So yeah, that, that, that's a really good point. Um, but I, I thought that was great. And here's my question for you is Cad Bane dead. A lot of speculation about that. Mm-hmm. Because his little check engine light was on. <laughs> check engine light. That's a perfect <laughs> word for it. <laughs> um, and so a lot of people were trying to read into that. And what does that mean? Does that mean he's alive and life support is still working in some way? Um, no, I don't think he's dead. I, as soon as he got stabbed, I was like, no, you invested way too much in bringing him into live action for him to be dead now. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I get the people who are like, because I'm in this camp a lot of times too, who are saying, but it would just diminish the whole death. It would diminish the whole moment if you were to survive that. And yeah, that's true. That's true. I get that. I mean, you can't just bring Fennec Shan back every single time. But there, are, Fennec Shan's proof that there are ways already proven that we can do this. Yes, we're about. To, we've brought Fennec Shan back with the mods. We're about to bring back uh, Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth with the mods. Yep. Why can't we do that for Cad Bane too? And, and, and also, um, the whole thing of like it diminishes the death. There, there's stuff in life, and there's stuff in this TV show where one action seemingly diminishes another one. Like another one that came up, uh, somebody shared with me recently was they felt like uh, they were talking to somebody who said that, oh, now that Grogu and Mando have been reunited, it's almost like it kind of undoes the whole last season of the man or the whole series of the Mandalorian before that. Where Mando's mission was to return Grogu to his people. And it's like, yes, based on the information he had then, and based on the relationship with the, that he had with him then, but things change. They and, do. And, and the fact that at this point, the right thing was for them to be together, it doesn't really take away from the journey that happened before. Like, that's all still part of the story that got you to where you are today. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit more to that argument than the... There's, Cad Bane I think there's come way back. more to that argument. And, and part of that is because, and here's why. If I'm watching season one, then season two, then season three of The Mandalorian sometime in the future, and season two ends on him leaving, but season three, they're back together. Like, all right, I've certainly missed something here. Yeah. It happens fast. Yeah. Is my point. Book Boba Fett makes it happen, and it makes it happen pretty fast. Uh, so there is something to be said about that. I wonder how they'll address that. Yeah. Almost, but, um, but anyway, I I won't criticize it because again, what we got made complete sense. So I'm totally along for that ride. I am of the camp that hopes that he's still that Cad Bane is still alive. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't have anything to go on when I say that he's still alive. It's probably just hope. I hope that he oh yeah 
is in live action again at some point. And Star Wars is the one to blame for giving us hope because it teaches us that you should never lose hope. Yes. Thank you, Star Wars. Lesson learned. You're welcome. <laughs> Who said that? Star Wars. <laughs> that, was Star, that was Star Wars. Oh, Star that was War. Mr. Star Wars. What's your favorite <laughs> Star Wars? Um, yeah. So hope that cat. I, I hope he is. But if he's not, then okay. He's dead. Rip. He served his purpose. He's old anyway. I don't get it. He could also come back in live action like Obi-Wan or something like that. Yep. So maybe there's other ways to bring him back. I just love him so much in a live action. I just don't want to let him go yet. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So that brings us to the end. We we get a really cute moment with uh, Mandalorian Grogu flying away and he's tapping him like, I want to go to Sublight again. Like that yep. was a lot of fun. We see Boba Fett walking the streets and he's got the respect. He's leading by respect. Ended right where we started, right? With him trying to lead with respect. He, he's made it happen. Uh, the, the, the poor townsfolk are rebuilding their city after the rancor blew it to bits pretty much um and not just the rancor but just the whole battle had left yeah, the city in some pieces to blame too oh i forgot a part fennec shand completely single-handedly dispatches all the leaders and the threats that that, that was that was a little bit dark oh it was good though it i was, mean it was robert robert <laughs> Beaver, guys. it was <laughs> i mean we we saw uh we saw Mandalorian slice someone in half on a desk. Yeah, like, that, that's true. We've gone dark already in this. There's yeah. no going back. That that that's true. Um, that th- this was one of the things that I was thinking of when I said that I felt like there was it was a very satisfying, cleaned up kind of conclusion to the season. Like all all the baddest of the bad guys were handled. It, the mess is cleaned up. The mess is cleaned up. Um, it's definitive. It's not like, oh, they locked him up and then maybe they'll break out on the prison ship, um, like with Migs Mayfeld again. Yeah. Like, no, they're they're totally taken care of. <laughs> they're gone. Every, everything that made it convoluted and confusing for Boba Fett before. No, no, he's the undisputed champion of Mosespa. Yes. We've got his he's got his belt and he's got his title. He is the official daimyo, and no one's gonna challenge him on that. Not at this point. No um, one's left. For now. Va- power vacuums and and po- there's always a struggle for power. Always, there's going to be something that'll happen. You you always have to keep earning your seat when you're in one of those seats. I just love that Fennec Shand is that powerful. She's that cunning. She's that quick and all that stuff. Because that that there's, I'm I'm assuming that the head of the Pikes probably has his best guards around him. Whatever. Yeah. And she cleans up that whole mess in like thirty well, seconds. Yeah. Just like okay, you know what? I, I just I felt like that was her moment of going. Enough is enough. Yeah. Okay, you guys have done enough damage and you've you've proven that there's no civility here. Yeah. So I'm not showing any in return. It was a great moment in this and part of the reason is because I think if there's any criticism I have against the series, it's that Fennec Shand was not developed enough. And I think a lot of people would share that. Uh, they could have done more with her character. They could have done more with, with her story. It, uh, it, it didn't completely get shoved to the wayside. She had some great moments. But she just didn't develop that much. Yeah. I and, and people had big expectations. And I think people started to think that maybe she was going to double cross Boba and try to take over. And um, people read into a lot of their dialogue thinking that she didn't fully respect Boba or, or, or their, their approaches were just so different yeah. and so contradictory that they couldn't possibly work together successfully um, and, and basically run the town. And... Uh, 
I, I get where they were coming from with all that stuff, and the clock just kind of ran out in the season. It did, and so maybe the there's always time for more of that. But uh, the other thing too is, I mean, I th- I think it was really cool at the end. They they did resolve, I think, a lot of the tension between them and her just going, if not us, then who? Yeah, I think she got it. She got yeah. where he was coming from and what they need to do, and that you know what. For all the money that Spice can bring us, yep. this is probably the better outcome anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's some of that. But could have done a little bit more. Um, I, I, what do you what do you think is next for uh, for all this? Yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian season three, Book of Boba Fett, the characters. Where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, so I, one of the things I already mentioned, which is I, th- I think that this Mando and Ahsoka are one big story. And I, I kind of feel like Mando is at the center of that story. Yeah. We may see Boba again. Um, we're definitely going to get a bunch of Ahsoka, but I think I think the Ahsoka series is probably going to be something like this, where it it is playing into this bigger story of uh, Moff Gideon, uh, the the Mando Grogu partnership, and kind of um, their clan of two, and raising this youngling. Um, maybe some more Luke Skywalker stuff. I think it all it all it all is going to kind of play together going forward. Um, I think Cobb Vanth is going to come back as the modded deputy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's probably going to go back to Freedom Town, and 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 that just seems like home for him. And um, I I think that that's just that's what he does, and that's who he is. Yeah. Um, I heard Jerry Seinfeld say once, like if you know if he was ever on stage and he got kidnapped and had a horrible experience and ransomed and beat up and whatever. Um, when he got out, he would probably just go back on stage. And yeah. I think that's what Cobb Vanth is going to do. Um, I, I think that hopefully, uh, hopefully Tatooine's going to enjoy an uneasy peace for a while. Like there's always going to be like that vacuum yeah. and whatever, but, um, so I don't, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of conflict to that story there. I do think the huts are going to come back in some way. Maybe, yeah. maybe Mando's going to be head to head with them. Um, but uh, th- those are just a, a few of the things. And I think, you know, I, I weaved some of my other predictions in as we went about, like, I think Grogu is going to be the, he's going to be the, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I think, had that same thing written down. Uh, I think that we, I think season three is going to be about Mandalorian uh, or Din Djarin seeking restitution. Mm, I think, for, oh, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, yep. and in doing so, he's going to establish himself as the future leader of Mandalore. So, uh, you know, you know, there's there's some really interesting places that they could go with him, not just yeah. not just getting the restitution and things like that, but then like actually uh, making progress to becoming the the future leader of Mandalore and and riding that mythosaur or you know yeah. fulfilling that prophecy. So more more to come on that. Um, I think we're going to get Boba back and he might cross over again with, uh, with Din in his series and just continue this whole, uh, pull all your action figures out of the box and play with them in, in everybody's, uh, shows because why not? Um, so we could see some fun things there. Uh, and I had the same thought, like the huts coming back, um, as the threat now that the pikes are, are kind of out of the, the equation, or maybe they come back with the quite pikes. Here's my hot take. Oh, my one hot take, okay, and I and I will admit that this is completely like fan fiction. I doubt it will happen, especially because I actually have to catch up on the comics and the Crimson Crimson Rain. Um, but part of the huts coming back is they come back in full force with some other parties. Oh, maybe the Pikes, maybe Crimson Dawn, and yes. maybe Kira. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be cool? That'd be really cool. <laughs> I would be all for that. That'd be but really cool. Huh. Again, I haven't I have to catch that up would on work Crimson too. Dawn. It would work. It could. It really could. It could be about like the syndicates coming and just trying to mm. regain power. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um all right. Season review. What'd you love? Think about it all now. Is this what you liked? Did you meet your expectations? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm still probably a diehard Mando fan. Um, I think that's still my series. But um, so here's here's a few few of my favorite moments. Um, like the biggest sort of like goosebumpy grin moment for me, where I was just like, "Oh, this is so good," <laughs> um, was seeing Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, that was special. Um, what I have in here is uh, seeing Lucas J. Skywalker in Chapter Six. I think that's his full name. Yeah, Lucas J. And I, I didn't understand the um, episode title of Chapter Six. By the way, what was it again? From From the Desert Comes a Stranger. From the Desert. What? <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> you didn't really think that was dessert, right? <laughs> You're just messing with me. Come on, <laughs> Mimi. Lucas J. Skywalker. Um, well, that was referencing to Cad Bane. So yes, um, and 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 I had an honorable mention there. Um, I I also I I had. Wait, were a, you kidding about the J too? What do you mean, Lucas J Skywalker? Were you just messing with me there too? Isn't that his name? I don't know. I think you're messing with me, Lucas Jerome Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you just proved that it, it, it wasn't. Because you were you're baiting me with the Jerome, I am so lost. I don't know how to read you right now. <laughs> <laughs> From the desert. From the huh, desert. That makes way more sense. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, <laughs> I also I really love the moment where Grogu arrives at Mos Espa when when the X wing comes down. You can't you can't really see who's in there, but we're all speculating. No, it's probably Grogu in there. Uh-huh. Um, so that that was a special moment. Um, so that one really jumped out to me. Uh, I had a favorite throwback moment where we we got like um, uh, some prequel vibes, and that was when Mando takes the the N one uh, Naboo starfighter through yeah. Beggars Canyon. Yeah, that, that, that was cool. That was one of my favorite moments. That was just sort of like, oh my gosh, I'm like uh, I feel like a kid again in the movie theater. Yep. Um, and the at, fact that it looks like, well, it looks like it hasn't been visited since that pod race, but <laughs> it also looks like. Um, I, I I don't know. It, it looks like it's gone untouched. It like, does. It, it was so perfectly executed. Like I I I feel like I was just watching that movie again and I saw a new ship flying through. It looks like nobody's visited since we watched that movie twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, Better said in shorter words. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then I have. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my favorite director of this series because there's one episode where I just kept like thinking, like, "Gosh, this is so beautiful and cinematic and amazing." And this could have been blown up into a two and a half hour movie, and it would have been amazing. Oh, who? Steph Green. Really? The uh, director of um, was that episode two? Tribes of Tatooine. Yeah. yeah which yeah. which I think stands out to me is. Um, Aside from like the like the last act of this season, just like an amazing standalone episode. You know, that was the thing that I found as I thought back on this, and now I'm kind of getting into my answer to my own question about like review of the series. Is uh, I, I thought back on some of these episodes and was just shocked by like how much they were able to put into 
yeah. these stories. Yeah. And part of it was because they were jumping around between different time periods and different storylines and things like that. But uh, they really got a lot in. And I was thinking about chapter two. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that seems like forever ago. It, yeah. And it was. I mean, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it, it, it's so unique these days to watch one episode a week. And, you know, it feels it was almost six weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that one just hit me right away. And I've rewatched it a couple of times. And it's just it's so good. And that was one when. Um, we had the the really cool opportunity to to guest spot on um, Fulcrum Entertainment's Fulcrum, yep. podcast, and um, that was that, the one we talked about. That's the episode that we got to talk about, mm-hmm. which was so cool. And I think that was like the one episode that uh, a couple of us gave fives to. It like, was one of the best. I mean, that was where they introduced the Huts and Black Santon. It was where we got the whole train heist scene and and that connection with the Tuscans that you know. Gave some heart to them that they eventually ripped out the next episode. Like, we have been on a roller coaster. I'm, I'm laughing at um, Lucas Jerome Skywalker. <laughs> you still got that. Uh, I can't believe I, like, didn't take the bait. And you just like, okay, never mind. Moving on. And then you were able to get it still. From the dessert comes a stranger. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Um, honestly, I loved it. I, I, I love the series. I mean, I'm not the best critic. I will admit that, but I think life has lived much better that way too. So I'm oh, happy I agree. With, with who I am. I agree. Don't change me. Um, I, I mean, it wasn't perfect. Like I said, they could have done some more with Fennec Shan. Um, there was some clunky dialogue in some moments, but that's that's kind of inherent of almost any movie or anything. And, and that's pretty clunky. Dialogue is pretty Star Wars. Yeah, that that's true. Like it's, that's it's pretty not like brand. we're not used to this by now. Yeah. Um, but then again it makes up for itself in spades in, in a ton of moments, mm-hmm. um, not just the action. But then I think that like all the surprises they were able to cram into this, like they kept a lot of stuff secret. If you think like, like that's what we got nothing to go off of. They right? did an amazing, I don't know how anybody does it these days. I don't either, but think of all the surprises that we got the huts, black or Santa and the um, Lou coming back, Mando coming in. Everything was fantastic. Um, Here's the last thing that I wanted to do, though. Speaking of, they didn't give us anything to go off of. You remember the episode where you and I speculated on what was mm-hmm. going to happen in this? Mm-hmm. And we talked about a few things that could happen in our, our theories and things like that. Uh, do you remember what we thought was going to be the main uh, theme or the main like uh, direction that this was going to go in. I, I remember saying that it was going to be something like it was going to be like a revenge show. Yes, that's what you said. Yeah. A hit list. And I compared it to, you compared it to John Wick. I compared it to, uh, what's that series called? Um, Blacklist. Blacklist. Yep. And and then I also compared it to Ryan from The Office, uh, <laughs> you know, making his own hit list. Um, we speculated that that would happen and that didn't. I'm glad with what we got, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy with what we got. Yeah. Really happy. Some other things that we said. Uh, I quote you on this one. We talked about rancors and you, some, throwing someone in a rancor pit. And then I remind you, yeah, but there's no rancor in there. And you said, maybe we'll get a new one. I did? You did. <laughs> <laughs> you called that one. We got a new rancor. Wow. Congratulations. I'm, I'm impressed. Y'all. I don't remember... Um, I don't remember saying that at all, but that's awesome. Yeah, you did. We also talked about huts coming back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happened too. Uh, we talked about flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And that happened too. 
we also said that it would whatever happened would lead into season three of the Mandalorian. Boy, did it! And it did. And not just that, we got the Mandalorian. Yeah, in it. So there was that. the The big thing that we questioned that we don't have an answer on yet was: Is this a limited run series, or is or is there more to come? Mm-hmm. So. We did pretty good. I think we did really well. Thanks for going back and kind of fact checking us. I don't. I didn't. Maybe we missed a couple of more things, and I just, you know, it's what. What is that called? Is a bias. Uh, it, it, when it's like a, you only recall the the things you did right. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, um, like that, like that halo effect or whatever. The halo effect or the like the selective memory effect. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe we have that kind of bias as, hmm. as, as I listen to it again, but. Um, I think we did a pretty good job, but anyway, should we end? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh, well, what are we going to talk about next time? What are we going to talk about next time? We're not talking about Book of Boba Fett. I know. It, and, and by the way, my Wednesday this week felt very different not having Book of Boba Fett. It's tough. I miss it already. Yeah. I'm going to have to go start it all over again. Are you? Okay. <laughs> or just go watch Mandalorian or yeah. something else. Yeah. Um, no, so we are going to, uh, we're, we're going to do something that we did early on and just a, a little bit differently change it up. Um, remember the episode, uh, three, uh, heroes in a slug Yes, where we picked each of us a couple of characters and we dove a little bit deeper into their story. We're going to do that again Yeah, and, and pick a couple secondary characters that we can each dive into. Um, Maybe theme it a little bit. We'll we'll get some help from our uh, friends and followers on Twitter to we're, figure we're, out. We're going to put it out there. And so if, if you have suggestions about what characters we should dive into or what like a good theme for discussing mm-hmm. characters might be, um, you can email us at thestarburstpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us a tweet at Starburst Podcast. We're on Facebook. Just search the Starbros. Um, or, or leave a message on the Braxium YouTube channel where we sometimes, uh, cover some really cool Star Wars comic books with our bro host, Chris Ryan's and some other cool folks. Yeah. Make sure to check us out there and check out all the other content that we have there. Um, once again, can't uh, say thank you enough for listening, for supporting, for, uh, being part of the conversation and the community with us. We're, we're grateful to be part of it. We're grateful that you're here and listening and supporting us. Grateful for people like Heather for the chocolates or uh, publicly shamed. We haven't called out in, in a while, you know, just for, publicly shamed our broski. Yeah. Yeah. Can, to continue to support us. Uh, rural farm boy, whoever, right. All the people that we know that uh, have, have emailed us and have, uh, you know, been there supporting us all the way through who have enjoyed the ride along with us with the book of Boba Fett. We hope you've enjoyed us. Tell us what you think. Email us. Like you said, reach out. Um, tell us if you liked it as well, if there are parts that you didn't like and, and you know, we can keep the conversation going. So um, thank you again. Thank you for the support. And thank you. Else? Thank you. Oh, I it? think there's something else. There's one more thing. Yeah. 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 And I got to try to change this one up too. Mm. Like I did really? the intro. So I okay. think about what I'm going to do. Um, it's a wrap. (laughs) It's wildly different. (laughs) Right.